0: Are you all ready? Get your Bibles out and go to Romans chapter 12, verse 9. And I want to talk to you about something. Um, Pastoring now and being a Christian now is different than it was 15, 20 years ago. Now, I have a friend in ministry. I I have a pastor friend who pastored a very, very large church here in the United States, not Florida. And he quit. He's not in ministry anymore. And then I asked him one time, I said, why would you do that? He said, I don't know how to pastor this generation. Well, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to pray and seek God. But the things we did 20 years ago, they don't work anymore. Things are different. People are different. Church is different. Some, Some of it's better. Some not. People have changed, the mindset of church has changed, and, and, I, and this sermon came out of the fact that when, whenever Lisa and I get out of our church, which, which we do occasionally, get out among people, Christians, we've noticed that there is uh, a lukewarmness that wasn't there years ago. We keep meeting people who used to be on fire for God. Don't even go to church. Don't go to church. Um, don't read the Bible. Don't pray. Don't talk about Jesus. Nothing. And it, it, it seems to be a little bit of an, uh, of an alarm to me because so I wrote my pastor's notes. And, and, and this is what I wrote. Now, tonight I'm going to preach on hot love, what it is. And I wrote my pastor's notes. And, I'm, and I said, Lisa and I are home. Uh, And it says, I have a question. When did lukewarm become okay? I I thank God for the teaching of grace. Grace is not the problem. The preaching on grace has not created the problem. But I think a lack of balance on preaching is the problem. Because um, John Bevere years ago wrote a book... um, on the fear of God or reverence God, and it seems to me that people have the attitude: everything Jesus did was enough, and I have no personal responsibility at all. Jesus did it all. Well, um, the the gospel is not works in order to get saved, but it's get saved so that you can do the works. And, and so, they really, really there is, a, there is personal responsibility as a born-again Christian. The New Testament has commandments in it. And so, um, we've noticed that Lisa and I are doing a lot of praying for people who no longer walk with God like they did or where they did. Have you all noticed this? And it's become quite concerning to me as a... As a pastor, um, we were listening to a CD the other day by a woman from Paul Young Cho's church, and, a, and, a, and he, he highly recommends her, which, you know, we go by the word, I'm a word man. But, you know, she made a statement that not everybody's ready for the rapture and not everybody's going. Now, I'm not arguing with her, yes or no, but, I, I, you know, I'm not one of these people that you know, if I'm wrong, I'm going to be wrong on the hot love side. I'm, you know, if I get to heaven and find out I could have goofed off, I'll find out when I get to heaven. But I'm not finding out I could have goofed off here and then find out I'm wrong. Okay? There's just so much looseness. Brother Hagen wrote a book years ago. Um, um, he didn't call it loose Christianity, but it, it has something to do with people. Are, people have become loose. Loosen their character, looser in their morals. There was a time, and I wrote this in my pastor's notes. I grew up in a town that sinners acted better than Christians do now. What well, I'm talking about when I was a heathen, we shut down on Sunday and went to church. I mean, we're all heathen, but we went to church. People were moral, we didn't lock our houses. So times have changed so much. That This is filtering into the church. This, this spirit is getting into the church, and I wanna, I'm going to show you how to combat it. I'm, I'm going to talk about it some, but I'm going to teach you tonight what to do about it so that you can stay hot. And, I, and I'm going to give you this so that you can walk out armed and go, I, I know what to do. So having said that, um, Romans 12, let me get my pastor's notes out of the way starting verse, with verse 9, and that is, that is a starting point for you to know. That's not the whole thing. It says, Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what's evil, cling to what's good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit serving the Lord. Fervent. Fervent. There, there should be a fervency. Let me, let me qualify that for a minute. Your, your being hot does not cause God to love you more or less. But, but wouldn't it be right if he paid the price for us, wouldn't it be right that our love for him was hot? Wouldn't it be right that Jesus was number one? Wouldn't that be right? Okay. I wrote something prophetically today, and sometimes I get prophecies before I get here. It says, what if you built a house, a business, a building, a road, a town, a state, a nation, a factory, a rocket, whatever you built, where would all of that be in a thousand years from today? It'd be gone. What did Jesus build? A church. Where is it? It's still here. So he invested in something long-term, didn't he? So to me, if you're going to make an investment in this life, why not make it in his church? And when I say that, I am not just referring to the local church. I'm talking to people. I'm talking about the only thing you and I are going to have in a 100 years, a 1,000 years from now, is each other. Family people, what we did for the kingdom is what we take on with us. So in a thousand years from now, the world might look very different. The house you're living in, I'll guarantee you it'll be gone. The car you're driving, I'll guarantee you it'll be gone. But where are your kids going to be? Where's your mom going to be? Where's your dad going to be? Where's your uncles and aunts going to be? So I want you to start thinking a little bit more outside the box. There's nothing wrong with things. Don't make that number one in your life. You know, God gave you things freely to enjoy. He just didn't want it to be God. Amen? Okay, we could go on and read down through this, but I think you get the point. Go to Revelation chapter 3, and, and I think it's time for us to start thinking a little bit about this. Now, this is not a condemnation sermon. What I mean by that is I'm not preaching this to get on to anybody, I don't want you leaving here going, well, we heard about lukewarm tonight. That's not my point. I don't want to, that's not my point at all. I believe you love God. But didn't Paul, how many of y'all think Paul loved Jesus? Yes. Think he's a godly man, good man, okay, man? Didn't he say, I keep my body under? Yes. That means he, he fought something, didn't he? Yes. I want you to become aware that your body is not evil and you're not evil, but don't you ever pretend you got this licked? You don't. There's Jesus told Adam, guard the garden. Then he said in Proverbs, guard your heart. Why? Why would he? Now Adam didn't guard the garden. Are you guarding your heart? Now I understand that Jesus loves you and I understand you're born again, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the things that God have given to you. Are you guarding that so that you understand there is there is a there's something required for you to maintain that? It's not automatic. And it's not okay to be lukewarm. It's not okay, guys. I don't want to look up here in a year from now in two years and you're gone and I hear that, well, you know, we just, we just, you know, the Lord just let us off. And l- listen, I'm not, I, I almost hate to preach on go to church. I, I want y'all to understand this. I, I hate preaching it because you have people in this church like policemen and firemen. You have people, they can't be in church. They're, they're, their life just, they're really but then you have people that are laying on the beach. Y'all understand? So as a pastor, you, you, have, to, you, have, to, you have to say things to people because, and, and so it, it ends up that the ones that are goofing off don't hear it. And then the ones that love Jesus just getting condemnation. So you almost hate to say anything about church going. But today, we've gotten to the place where it's not a big deal to people. Well, and, and I'm going to give you an example. If you've got a meeting Monday morning in Atlanta, don't take the 10 o'clock Sunday morning flight out. Why don't you take the 4 o'clock flight out? are just, just little things you can do to maintain your walk with God. Why don't you just start planning? Let me tell you another thing. You don't have to be at everybody's birthday. Oh, It's noisy in here now. I mean, do y'all know how many birthdays I've missed? I've got a lot of family members. I mean, the hills are full of folks, you know? It's my birthday. Well, it's always Saturday night, and I ain't coming. I, I told all of my kids, Saturday birthdays, I ain't coming. Sunday birthdays, I ain't coming. Why ain't you coming? I, well, because I'd have to diso- disobey God to be with you. And since you're lukewarm anyway, I'm going to set an example for you. That you're not God and I ain't coming to your birthday party. And so sometimes you just have to, you just have to stick your feet down and go, do you think I'm gonna go to hell for going to that? No. But sometimes I just I just want to make a statement that I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I need to do to maintain the priorities of my life because Satan's always after your time. If you don't watch it, listen, Lynn Hammond said one time, and I and I she said in, in order to pray, she'd have to get in the car, drive down the driveway, roll up in a blanket on the back seat and make everybody think she's gone. Because as long as you're around people, people are constantly demanding your time. If I answered my phone, I'd be up in the morning from crack of dawn till midnight. And I, I don't. I turn it off and I go in the room and pray. And I figured, well, whatever's going on in your life, you, we'll fix it when I get out of there. But, I, you know, it took you 20 years to get in a mess. We don't need to get out in the morning while I'm praying. And I've just had to learn over time not to allow the devil, and I'm not blaming people, but I think it's really the devil that's just messing with us to get us off task. What's important? Amen. And I want you all to be aware of that. If you're going to walk with God, you've got, you got to maintain a certain fervency for God. All right. Luke, Revelation chapter 3, verse 14. To the angel, or the word angel is angelos, it means messenger, probably the pastor. The angel of the church of Laodicea Right. These things says the amen, the faithful and the true witness, the beginning, the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish, I wish you were either cold or hot. So then, because you're lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. I'm sorry, last week I spit on all kinds of folks in here. I'm not really sorry, but I'm supposed to say that. So let's stop for a minute. Why would he make a statement, I'd rather you be cold? Because in order to be lukewarm, there's a certain amount of fire. Am I right? right? We have taken that as I love the Lord. But you're not doing what he said. Amen. Now, you do, you're born again. You love God. But some things are in there. And now they're starting to take the place that they should not. And he, he said, I'd rather you be cold. I'd rather you be out at a bar, on your face, in your own vomit, drunk. Because then you'd know where you are. But as long as you're half-baked... I have never talked to a lukewarm Christian and got the response I needed that you're not where you need to be. All of them say, well, no, you, no, you just don't understand that that I love God. Well, I'm not going to see you. Well, Sunday, well, 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 no, my my mom's in town. You're lukewarm. No, 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 I'm not. Well, where were you last week? Well, last week... Well, where are you going to be next week? Oh, I'll be, I'll be there. And I watch you and you in 15 minutes at the service, you're coming in. You're lukewarm. You, you're no longer hot for Jesus. He is not number one in your life anymore. I didn't say, and that that's the hardest person to minister to. Pastoring is hard when you have church members that have been around a long time and they've cooled off. Because you' all are believing God for a, for a revival, and you're the key. But you're not going to do anything about it because you already love Jesus so much that it's okay for you to be half-baked. And nobody ever says anything, because apparently you don't understand my life and, and, and my kids and my family and my, my circumstances, pastor. You just, well, you're the one making your, your schedule. Now, what did Jesus do when he said his mom, You said, you know, your mom's outside and she wants to have words with you. He said, you tell my mom, the mother of God, that's for you Catholics. You tell the mother of God that my mom is the one that hears the word and do it. And I don't have to stop what I'm doing and obeying God to come out and have a talk with her. You know how many times family calls? And I go, what's up? Well, you just, I mean, it's all, listen, me and Lisa could write movies on the drama that goes on in homes. It's just drama. Leroy and Betsy and Susie and Sam and the cat and the dog and the children and and this one ran off with that one and that one... And the only thing I've ever found to do is just get in there and just live for Jesus in front of them. Because saying, you know, I, I say less now because saying, it don't do any good saying that. You, you know, you see someone, you go, well, how you been doing? We're, doing? we're doing good. You in church? Nope. Nope. <laughs> how many marriages is this? You're fifth. You're fifth. All right. How many kids you got? Seven, Ah, okay, all right. No church? No, can't find one. Yeah, you ain't looking. (laughs) You know, (laughs) and we're talking about people who used to go to church here. We're, We're talking about they used to, you remember when they came forward and got born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, on fire for God. You remember those days. And you're looking back, and I told Lisa one day, not too long ago, I said, you know what? You and I need to kick our prayer life up a whole lot. We've got, we've got people we need to put on this. They don't go to our church with it. We got to put some people on the prayer list. Because, because, can I say this, Lisa? It doesn't sound too bad. There are people... No one's praying for them. No one. Their mama, she no longer living for God. Their daddy ain't living for God. Their other relatives are dead. They know but, And I told Lisa one day, I said, we got to pick them up in prayer. Because no one's praying. And they're not coming out of this without some truth. Jesus said you'll know the truth and what? If you if you're not in the Word, you you're not changed. You you cannot maintain a Christian walk outside of a daily reading your Bible. You you cannot do it. Amen. That's point number one down at the end of my script. Now let me say something. Me, listen, listen. I told Lisa this the other day, and I want y'all to hear what I'm saying. I have really tried to work my sermons around things that would help you. But what I've noticed is that there are so many people and so many problems, I don't have enough time. I need you to start reading this. So that you can help me with the ones that I, if I'm trying to minister to uh, 300 people and y'all aren't reading your Bibles, you're gonna kill me. There no way in the world I, I can do that. Because there's a hundred subjects I need to be on tonight. Mm-hmm. But you notice what happens with the Bible. This is the only book. And, and let, me, let me qualify this. I'm not talking about books. Right. I'm talking about the book. I, 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 I'm guilty. I'm, I don't know whether Art and Crystal are. I know Lisa is. Teresa probably is. I'm guilty of taking this instead of this yeah. for weeks. Yeah. Have y'all ever done it? You know not to get your books out, get your books out. Get... It's got scriptures in it, okay? I think God tolerates that a while. But this book here has an ability it's this is life this is jesus this is you can't you can't love God and not you if if you love God you love this if you don't if you're not in this you're you, I'm, I'm preaching to you tonight if you put this down do y'all understand me because your love for God something happened to it this book is the only book i've ever read that will feed me and whoop me in one, Amen. in 10 minutes. Because if I stand up and say, if you don't look to love God, you're a liar, that's offensive. But when you read in what he said, you don't walk out and say, pastor said. No, it's easy to not agree with me. It's real difficult to go, oh, oh, there's got to be another scripture in here. That is a tough, that's, that's a tough scripture to read. There's stuff I read and I go, oh, oh my God, help me, Jesus. And that's the only thing that I know that's kept my heart tender. Amen, I'm doing pretty good. Because you say I'm rich. Here's a problem in America. Don't get mad at me. Hardest thing in the world to do is, is be a Christian in the United States of America. Because you don't really need God. Norval Hayes said something one time. He said, every young man I trained in evangelism. Norval Hayes had seven businesses. He was a multi-multi-millionaire. He was on Kenneth Hagin's board. He said, I have not trained one young man in my life that when he got money, didn't fall away from God and stop witnessing. The hardest thing to do is be a Christian in America because in all honesty, you got a paycheck, you got a job, you got a 401K, you got an insurance policy, you really don't have to come to church. I'm saved. And sometimes the more prosperous, and I, and I'm a, I believe in prosperity. Prosperity is more than money. Because if, that, if prosperity, if money did it, Hollywood would be heaven. And Hollywood's hell. I don't think they know who they're married to. I, I, I've only dated two women. I married them both. One wrong, one right. That's a pretty good record. <laughs> I, know, I know some of y'all think I'm crazy, don't you? Because you said, I'm rich, I'm wealthy, I have need of nothing. Now listen to what Jesus said. You don't know. You're wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. <laughs> You have nothing to show because you have no fruit. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich in white garments, that you'll be clothed at the shame of your nakedness. I, what's going to happen when, when people die and they've lived like this? With eye salve that you'll see as many as I love, I rebuke them. Is that right? Yeah, it is. And I chasten, therefore be zealous and repent. Behold, I'm standing at the door and knocking. That means, that means he's not in, in there anymore. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'm going to come in and dine with him and he with me to him who overcomes, even though you're an overcomer, you're not overcoming. I will grant to sit with me on my throne and also sit down with me when my father, he who has ears to hear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. Now, apparently lukewarm to him is not okay. Am I right? I mean, I'm reading this and going, I love Rick Renner. I have Rick Renner in my phone. Do y'all know who Rick Renner is? Yeah. Does anybody not? I want to tell y'all I do something. I, I love Mark Hankins. Yeah. I love Brother Hagan. I love Andrew Womack. But I have to have a diet of live right. Yeah. Now, Andrew does a little better than Brother Hagan and other people. Because he's kind of like... You know, he's more gutsy than, you know, he don't, he don't care. So, but Rick Renner, um, I got his book, and I downloaded it in my phone. Because he's always doing something about your first love and the book of Revelation and no compromise. I, I listened to that for my benefit. I want to I wanna look in a real mirror. I, if I've got smudges, I want to see them. I, I want to know how I'm doing. I, I really want to know. I don't believe that's condemnation. I just believe it's checking up, watching myself, correcting myself, looking how am I doing. And, and Keith Moore is another one. Keith Moore, you know, and I, when, when Keith and Andrew got together, I thought, there's a God. Honestly. But I on purpose went one day and went and dug up Keith Moore's sermon on humility. Don't be deceived. It's, a, it's really a series on pride. And he ate my lunch. I I mean, every 10 minutes, I had to turn tape off. I'm like, help me, Jesus. And then after I got all this pride out of me, it was in Lisa so bad, I couldn't hardly stand it. But he said in there, when you see it now, you'll see it everywhere you go. Don't be running around your house correcting your spouse. He said, that's pride. But here's the issue, when you see it, but you have to, see, I didn't see it in me until I went looking for it. That's good preaching. I mean, you really need to open your Bible and read something other than Jesus loves me, this I know. You really need to read 1 John. You really need to read James. James is rough. But James is a pastor. And most people miss that. I'm not a Bible school teacher. This ain't Ramah. This ain't the river. And I I say that because I want you all to understand. I'm not supposed to act like a Bible school teacher. I'm going to say things to you they ain't going to say. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? That's why the office is different. So don't compare me to Kenneth Copeland. I'm not Kenneth and I'm not the other guy. What's the other guy in Houston? The little skinny kid. Osteen. I'm not Osteen. I don't have a success message for you every Sunday. But, but I am going to tell you that I really pray and say God makes sure that you help me balance it out. I don't want to go in there every Sunday with Live Right. I, I don't think anybody wants to hear that all the time. I don't. So after about a week of Keith, i got to go back and listen to Andrew on the grace of God. Oh, i got to find out how much God loves me. I mean, yeah, Does that make sense to you all? Does that make sense? Okay. And, and I, I'd like to believe I do that with you. Go to Luke 8 um, with me. Help me watch the time here. I'm going to say something. When we get finished tonight, you, we, we've got family members, and they need prayer. They, they really do. And, I, and I, let me just tell on me for a minute. I've had times when I wasn't where I should be, and I didn't see it. But I would go to God and go, something's wrong, and I don't know what it is. Yes. And then he'd show me, and I'd be shocked. Yes. I'd go, oh, no. Because that's why I went to the pride thing. Let me tell you about that. I'm in my room one day, and I'm going, God, what's, what's up? Because, you know, I feel like I'm washing my feet with my socks on. Something's not right, and I don't know what it is. And I'm praying in the Holy Ghost, and all of a sudden I'm praying the interpretation. This is it. Pride. Pride, pride, pride. And I said, Who am I praying for, God? <laughs> this, is true, this is a true story. And I prayed about who I was praying for. He didn't say nothing else. But the next day I went back and I'm praying, Pride, pride, pride. And, and I'm thinking, Well, I know it isn't me. So I went and dug up Keith Moore's tape. It was me. It, it was me. So I, I understand that if, if, we didn't have a, if I didn't have a Bible, I would never know when I'm off. That's why, that's why you can't go weeks and months and not read it. You're going to get off, and you don't even know you're off. Because who's correcting you? Right. Amen. You, you? You know spouses often don't say anything to one another because they don't want to go through the fight. Right. I don't know. Maybe I'm the only married person in the room. But it, it doesn't do well to go, honey, you're wrong. I just doesn't work. What am I having for dinner tonight? Slap nothing tonight. You ain't getting anything tonight. <laughs> and I got to wait for her to go pray about it. And sometimes she's slow to get a hold of God or something. And then it's, it's like a day later she comes back and goes, You were right. I'm wrong. I'm going, Well, can I eat now? <laughs> no, I'm telling on her now, but, but we've, we, we've, Lisa and I talk about this amongst ourselves. We polish each other and we love each other enough that that we've learned to say things to each other without sounding critical. And Lisa's a good listener, and I'm joking about it taking too uh, that's only been a few times, but most of the time she'll come back and go, You're right, I, I didn't do that right. But but there's been a few. You know, it's like I'm right, and I go, You're not. And vice versa. She's like, You're wrong, and I go, I'm not. I am not you don't have a bad attitude. Shut up. <laughs> and I am walking in love. Now be quiet. I'm not quite that bad. But most spouses won't do that. Lisa and I just made a pact with one another. We don't walk around correcting each other all the time. Most of the time she'll just pray and God will talk to me vice versa. But every once in a while I'll say something to her. I'll go, that's enough. And, and vice versa. And 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 I don't know. None of us enjoy correction, telling we're wrong. I don't. I don't like it. But it is love. If you love somebody, tell them their breath stinks. Your breaths. I hate that. You're you got to get some floss, buddy. You, man, you're killing everybody. You get around. You are. I'm joking with y'all. But it's amazing how, it's amazing how we will walk away and go, he's got to floss. Because we don't want to go through the embarrassment of looking at them and saying, oh my God, I got I to gotta talk to you. And I'm going to tell you, that's, a, that's very difficult to do, especially in your own home. This is the reason why you really need to whoop your kids when they're, kid, when they're young. You really need to, because your wife doesn't want to whoop him. You know, th- these divorces wouldn't happen if mama had just beat the mud out of your husband when he was young. Just beat him, to have, just beat him some, just beat him. Uh, I'm being serious, I'm not joking, I am really not joking. I, I walk away tonight and I go, Lisa, they didn't get enough spankings. <laughs> Our boys should thank God they got plenty of spankings. <laughs> Amen. But it's better, to further, it's better for them to learn it when they're young than when they get older. It, it is so much, it's so difficult to train your spouse. It's so oh, difficult. To, amen. I don't know how I got off on all that. If I did okay, I'll hear it when I, I'll get, I'll have dinner when I get home. If I, if I call y'all tonight and say I'm hungry. <laughs> I want you to listen, li- Luke 8, I want you to go over Luke 8. L- listen to this. Verse 11, the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. Those people by the wayside are the ones who heard the word of God, but the devil came and took the word out of their heart. They never got saved. Now look at verse 13. Are the ones on the rock when they hear and receive the word with joy and they have no root and they believe for a while in a time of temptation fall away. Do you understand temptation's coming? Do you understand it's not a sin to be tempted? So let me, let me help you all. If you used to drink Stay out of bear joints. Yes, Amen. If you used to do pornography, have your spouse put a kid-proof thing in your computer. Yep. Amen. Don't pretend. Paul young Cho, I, I love him. He said, "I I had to take someone with me because I like ladies." He's not acting like a sinner. He's acting like a Christian who knows where his situation, he's not pretending like he's not human. If you have an issue, recognize it and do what you need to do to make sure you don't get back in that mess. Um, Jack Hayford had a young man in his church that got delivered from homosexuality. And he came to Jack and said, would you help me? And he says, I will. And so he says, I want you in church every Sunday. I want to see your face. He laid it all down. And so the boy was sitting on the front row, and he walks up one Sunday morning and says, give me your phone. He says, you want my phone? He says, I want your phone. Give me your phone. Picks it up, and he says, San Francisco, San Francisco, San Francisco. Wow. And he says, he said, he says you, you get those people out of your life, or you get out of my church. Wow. Well, that's tough love. That's t- yeah, love is tough, guys. And he, he repented right there. He said, God, I got caught. Stay away from the places you have problems with. If you know, if you know it's a temptation, learn it because Satan is going to bring it. If you, if you ladies like the men, Satan will bring them. And you can't run through life and go, well, I just didn't know. The heck you didn't. Well, certainly you knew and, and, and let me tell you something. What you're wearing at the beach should be a little bit more than the cotton in the top of an aspirin bottle. And you can't understand why they're looking. I didn't make him look. Oh, yeah, you did, darling. Yeah, you did. If you're a Christian, it's gonna, you're going to make somebody. Land's Inn has bathing suits, ladies. Land's Inn has bathing suits. If you want to swim naked, buy a pool and put a fence around it. <laughs> is this too much for you, Tiffany? I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, but is that the Holy Ghost on you? or You're turning red, darling. I have never seen. All right. <laughs> Let's go on. I'm just following God. I know y'all don't believe that. Verse 14, the ones that fell on thorns are those who hear the word of God and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures. There's not a sin in there. What is robbing you of time? What? What is it that's natural but it's robbing you? Find out what it is. There's a lot of things you're doing in your life that are completely not necessary, and they're stealing your walk, they're robbing you of your walk with God, and they're cooling you down. Now, I'm going to say this because everybody in the church knows that I shot competition pistol up until last month. You know, when you you make, when you're beating everybody, you like beating everybody. Don't shout me down. I'm two seconds from making master. It started controlling my mind. And I laid it down. I said, no, I can't. do I just called him up and told him, I says, I'll see you all next year maybe. I, you have to know what it is that's, isn't that, and I, I didn't say anything about sin, did I? No, but I can't maintain my walk with God thinking about something other than Jesus all the time. I don't know what it is about sports. I mean, if God called you to that. But anything that becomes an idol, you need to back away and go, oh, man, oh, man, my God, this is eating my lunch. And that's fasting. fasting, all, all, Sunday's a fast day. That's all it is a, It's a day to turn the world off and get along with God. If you can't be here Sunday, make it Monday. Find a day to get along with God. Turn TV off. Turn it off. I turned Facebook off. I got to where I was on it too much, and I just told Lisa, I said, how do you get rid of this thing? She said, Dawn. Plus, I started having pictures pop in my phone that I didn't ask for. I gave my phone to Lisa one day, and I said, tell me where this came from. I had no idea because I'm watching something, and then something else comes, and I didn't hit no button, yeah. and so after about a half an hour, we got my phone cleaned up, and I hadn't had any yeah. pop-ups, yeah. pin-ups. Yeah. 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 I dare you to, when you're, that comes on your phone, hand it to your wife. I dare you. <laughs> Honey. Shoot this thing. <laughs> Amen. Riches. Riches. Don't let your job become number one. And pleasure. You're not going to rest because you go on vacation. You're going to rest in God and then go on vacation. If your walk with God it isn't right, vacation won't fix it. Neither will going to the beach. I know that's hard for y'all to hear. Get prayed up getting full of God. We'll talk about that in a minute. All right. There's two kingdoms in the earth. Now, a lukewarm Christian is a person who's trying to get to fit God into their life. A hot Christian is Jesus is their life. That's the difference. He's not going to fit your schedule. Not going to work. It won't work. I've tried it. It don't work. All right. Listen to this about the devil. Go to Isaiah 14. I'm going to show you something. Go over to Isaiah 14. Is this helping a little bit? It is Tiffany. I don't know if anybody else get anything out of this, but Tiffany is thinking about buying a fence and putting a pool in right now. I am getting me a swimming pool. I want you to show you the difference between the devil and Jesus. Isaiah fourteen thirteen. For you have said in your heart, "I will ascend to heaven; I will exalt my throne above the stars; I will, I will, I will." What did Jesus say? Father, not in my will, but yours. That is a very difficult prayer to pray, unless you trust God. Amen. I didn't. I didn't choose. A church. He chose it. Yeah. I didn't choose Lisa. He said, this is her. Yeah. I gave him me and I let him, I said, I've messed it up. You take it. And he's done a pretty good job. Yes. But, but, th- but listen, when you're running around going, I will, I will, I will. And you say, I'm a Christian. Something's not right. I will do this and I will do that and I will go here and I will do that and I will do what I want to and I love Jesus. No, you do not. That's how Satan operates. How did you get full of the devil and be a Christian? I think Christianity is more than I believe in Jesus. It's a lifestyle. And, 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 here, and here's another one. Now, let me, let me just share this with you. If you're going to live for Jesus, your flesh is going to suffer. Stop... Running from hard situations. Anything that bothers your flesh, you think you're supposed to pack up and leave. That's why the divorce rate's where it is. That's why Christians can't stay in a church. Because if things get tough, you can't handle it. Do you understand that you're taking the problem with you when you leave? I mean that'll dawn on you after about fifty churches. You're gonna go. Every pastor has been a jerk. <laughs> and the light bulb comes on. Could it be us? Come on, don't shout me down. I'm I, listen. Be listen. God will put you where it's hard, and He's not promoting you till you pass the test. You've got you've. I don't care how much knowledge you have. You must grow up. <laughs> Say, I love you, Pastor. Just help me out a little bit right now. I'm, I've got to feel a little love. Don't make me tell another joke to get you to laugh. I've just... Um, um, look at... I didn't write this down. Lord, have mercy. Remember Paul on the road to the Masters when he got saved? He said, Lord, what do you want me to do? That, we, should learn, we should learn to pray that prayer. Look at 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 1. If you're going to walk with God, it's not always going to be easy. I, I'm sorry. Okay, thank you for y'all's enthusiasm. It's. I, I, I'm going to tell you about my first youth group. Melanie was in it. I, and I got to tell you this story. I, you got to hear this. When you graduate from Bible school, one of the problems that Bible school students have is they have this, because all Kenneth and everybody, all they do is talk about the good stuff. They don't, they don't tell you the bad. They just, God is good and the miracles. And, so you get become very romantic. It's kind of like living off the land. Do it. You, you won't do it long. You'll quit. You'll go back to get a job and get a, go to the grocery store. I'll guarantee you that. So, so I'm at Ramah. And I can't wait to go in ministry. And so God put me in a youth group here in Orlando. I had two homosexuals, two boys. I had a boy and a girl that their sex life was just a notch above rabbits. (laughs) I mean, I've never seen anybody go as much as those two kids. I mean, I'd say amen, and boom, they're in the bushes, and they're gone. I'm telling you the truth. I'm not making any of this up. I had some of the craziest kids. I was preaching one day, and they all started throwing acorns at me. Everyone, you're like, bam, 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 no respect. I kicked one kid out of the chair. Do do you remember that, Mel? You remember? I just remember not everyone threw acorns at you. Not everybody. (laughs) Melanie did not throw acorns. She was just a little cutter. a Wednesday night. This was Sunday morning. Um, two boys threatened to beat me up, and I prayed, God, please have them jump on me. Please. I am going to beat this one kid's brains out of the back of his head. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pop the snot out of this kid. I'm going somewhere, and y'all got to hear this story. I, I, I got to the where I had it. I mean these were these kids were crazy. So I'm living in Fern Park in the apartment complex and I'm and I'm a maintenance man during the day. I'm the, I'm the youth pastor Wednesday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night. I never went to church. And and so I'm and I'm and I'm feel, I'm talking to God. I'm going, God, you got to get me out of here. I need to, need to, I need to go to a better church. I really did. And I hear, and I got a clipboard in my hand, and I heard someone walking up, crunch, crunch. Parking lots, old asphalt with, you know how it gets pea gravel. And I I mean, they're crunch, crunch, crunch. And I mean, I know someone's walking up, and I'm standing there, and and finally I turned, and there's not a soul around me, and I know someone walked up. And all of a sudden, my shoulders went... Someone pulled me up in their arms. And I'm standing there with my clipboard going. And Jesus had literally walked up to me and held me in his arms. And he said these words to me. He said, son, I sent you here because I have a problem here. And the reason I sent you here was because I need this fixed. And I believe You can do it. You need to know that God believes in you. The reason he sent you here was because he has a problem here. Not when you find it out is not the exit moment. It's the get to work moment. So I'm standing there and he said, when you're done here, I have another problem. Guess where he sent me after that? Word of Life Church. I thought I died and went to hell. I wanted my youth group back. (laughs) No, listen, not now. Not now. You should have been here then. I mean, it was. The church, Melanie will tell you, the church when it would rain, Kenny, remember, we had trash cans set out to catch the water. I mean, the the roof leaked. We would sing, it's beginning to rain. And the building's filling up with water while we're singing. Shopping center was empty. It, I mean, folks, listen, everywhere God sends you, it's it's... Are y'all okay? It's going to be tough. You can't just run away every time you hit a bump in the road. When I was a kid, I was walking through this lady's yard and I looked in the pasture where the horses were and just beautiful green grass. It was just lush. And I took my shoes off and jumped the fence. And that's when I found out it was sand spurs everywhere. And I'm standing about 10 feet into this field and I'm going, how do I get back? My feet are full, but you don't see them. Honey, that other man, let's think about, he was married and now you not have your kids, you have yours and his. And now you have yours, his, and his ex, and your, you, work on this one, just, unless the Lord says walk away. Don't, don't just run, never mind, y'all, y'all are getting this. Think about Paul getting beaten and everything else the next time you think you have a bad day. I know that's tough. Heavenly Father, I think I'm done with that because they're looking at me like, please go on. I, I know this is tough. I, I, I know, you know why? Because of your flesh. I, I have flesh. I have I, I get it. I've quit many times. Every Sunday. That's why I took Mondays off. I was quitting. Y'all didn't know I quit. <laughs> First Peter chapter 4, where am I? All right, let me just read. No, he don't have it up there at all either. He's slower than I am. He'll get a few more. Therefore, since Christ suffered for you in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same mind, for he who suffered his flesh is seized from sin. You're going to suffer. If you're going to live for God, you get over this idea that it's going to be a rose garden. It is not going to be a rose garden. Buckle it down. Knuckle it down. It is going to be tough to live for God in this age. Yeah. Make up your mind right now. All right. Um, I don't have time for this, but remember. Now, go to 1 John. Let's just jump over there because I want to get there before we get out of here tonight. 1 John chapter 1. Remember Saul in the Old Testament. God says... I, Obedience to me is better than sacrifice. Jesus is obedient, Satan's disobedient. There's no such thing as an on fire disobedient Christian. You want me to say it again? You read your Bible to do it. That's why the promise box don't work. That's why the books don't work. Because when you read the Bible, you're going to run into stuff. That you're not getting in someone's book. That's for all of us in this room. Now let's read 1 John right now and let's talk about this a minute. Starting with um, let's start with verse 4. These things I'm writing to you so your joy will be full. This is the message. What message? This is the message. What is the message? That we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Right? That's the message, isn't it? Isn't God light? Isn't he love? Isn't he peace? Isn't he joy? Shouldn't you be? Yes, Yes, you should. So he goes on talking about that for a minute. If I say I am in fellowship with God and I am not obeying him, I'm lying. That's strong. That's a strong word. That's 80% of everybody in America who calls themselves a Christian. How many people are you mad at right now? You better get over it. It's sin. You cannot fellow. I'm going to get ahead of myself because I'm running out of time. Now listen to what I'm about to say right now. You cannot... Walk in victory without truth. Or if you put truth down, you're going back into bondage. So you better have a Bible and open it and stay in it. You cannot live for God without fellowshipping with Him. No, you can't. If you think you are, you're lying, you're a liar. Now, don't think the devil doesn't know this. That's why he sends people to you. All of the junk you're going through is what you go, I know what to study now. It's where I'm flunking. When you, when you get a spelling test and there's 100 words on it and you, and you miss 25, those 25 is the words you're supposed to be studying now. When you have a bad day, that's what you're supposed to be studying. Now, I'm going to say it to you real plain. You women with a temper, that's what you're supposed to be studying. Because the Holy Ghost don't want to hear it anymore. Is that all right? I mean, I'm getting real strong right now. This is Christianity 101, guys. This is it. That's how you walk with God. If you say, I'm walking with God, but. No, ain't no but in it. You're a goat. You ain't no sheep. All right, all right, let me finish this. I'm running out of time. Are y'all okay? If we say, I got fellowship with him, and you're walking around in darkness, you're not practicing the truth. You know it. You're just not doing it. If we walk in the light like he's in the light... We have fellowship with one another. If you're out of fellowship, you ain't in the light. And the blood of Jesus, his son, is cleansing you from all sin. And if you're out of fellowship, the blood ain't cleansing you from sin, honey. It ain't working in your life. Oh, oh, oh. But if we say, I ain't got no sin. You deceived yourself because ain't nobody did it to you. And the truth is not even in you anymore. How often do you think you need to be spending time with God? Every single day, every single day, every day, every day, every day. That's the only thing. That's the, that's priority one. Being spiritually healthy is your highest priority. So now I'm going to say something about the move of God y'all had Sunday. Why did it happen? Because they got their phones taken away from them long enough to spend time with God. If they come back and go back to their old way of life, this ain't lasting. And then they'll be like, y'all. Amen. Come on. I mean, listen. Listen, you say, I want a move of God. Honey, He's in you. It's according to. To the power working in you. Let me read it another way. It's according to how much of the power you have working. Yes. Amen. If you're not in fellowship with God, you don't have the power in you. It's not working. It's not even working. Amen. Amen. You're just going to church. Yes. You're just, you, you cool down and nothing's working anymore. Well, we just believe in God. We're just praying that, Pastor. You just need to. We just need a move of God. That's why I'm preaching this, because we're not having a move of God apart from you. And I'm not after the. I'm not after the heathen. They're not in here. I'm after the ones that are kind of like. We love the Lord. Am I doing okay, Lisa? Am I? I didn't botch it too bad, did I? Okay. She no longer sits on the front row. She's, and I'm gonna tell y'all why. She, the spit. She couldn't stand it. She just said, "I gotta get out of here." I, Art and Crystal just, they, they just got. Maybe that spit's anointed. Maybe we will get healed with that spit. I don't know. All right. L- listen, listen to me. We should have gone from. Believing for healing and walking in health. Amen. That is not happening until you start fellowshipping with God. Amen. You're not even supposed to be getting sick. Amen. Amen. I, I'm not condemning you, nor, nor am I condemning myself. Amen. But sometimes when things get out of whack, I just go off and go, Father. Yes. Okay. Now, if, if the Apostle Paul said I keep my body under. And he was a spiritual man. The, am I so so holy that I don't believe that I gotta watch? That my flesh flesh is lazy. Flesh is lazy. Flesh don't want to pray about nothing. Not Lisa, you need to pray tonight, honey. Pray tonight. How are y'all doing? Stir up, Stir, up. Stir up the gift of God. Amen. Draw the yes. night of God. That's you. Amen. Beloved, build yourself up Amen. on your most holy faith, praying the Holy Ghost. This is not automatic, guys. He, it's not you're going to pray and then one Sunday. <laughs> I am a revival. <laughs> because I spent the day praying in the Holy Ghost. I came here full of God. I'm gonna, now, Sunday morning, I'm going to preach a sermon called Full, and I'm going to teach you what it takes to maintain full of the Holy Ghost. And, and, and I'm not talking about studying, studying words. I'm not talking about learning new information. Those are not the same thing. I'm a word man, I, the word, the word, the word, the word, the word. That's good, that's good. Well, sometimes you need to put the word down and go spend time praying in the Holy Ghost and get so full of God that when you come back and you go, oh, re rewrote my Bible. Oh, glory to God. We're going to talk about that because unless the church learns to get in the Spirit things aren't going, they're not going to go the way you think they're going to go. You live and die and you go, I don't don't know why this ain't working. And I, I, are y'all getting this? That means that we're going to have to learn how to put our flesh under. When you come to church, I want you to press in. And I, and I know this sounds hokey to your ears. Oh, I think they're putting on. We are. We are. Put on. Put on the armor of God. Put on the new man. Put it on. Now, understand something. That's, it, you, what, what do you think press in is? What do you think press is? Now, these kids have no idea what they did this week. They, they went down. They made them pray in tongues. They didn't have any choice. They prayed in tongues so much that they got full of God. And they came back and went, what? Okay. They could live like that if they wanted to. They're gonna turn Facebook off or whatever. They don't do Facebook. Do they don't do it. what is that thing they do? Instagram. I don't need I don't know nothing about. All this. Snapchat. Snap. That reminds me. We used to wear rubber bands on our head and snap out of it. Never mind. That dates me. I'm out of time. I wanted to have a time praying the spirit night. We didn't do it. I preached too much. How many of you all ready? just start spending some time? Do you understand that there's a daily, there's a daily walk with God? Yeah. And folks, I'm going to tell you something. You, you're going to make up your mind one day. I'm going to read my Bible. Jerry Savelle said he used to fill the bathtub up with ice water. Sit on the edge of it and dare somebody body to go to sleep. Just, I dare you to fall asleep. You, you know what? If, you, if you're waiting on a on a feeling to read and a feeling to pray, you may never get you you. Uh, you may not you may walk in there and go, I gotta go pray. You cannot spend a half an hour with God and not come out changed. You can't do it. Now, I'm going to get into this Sunday morning. You can't walk in love without spending time with God. You, gotta, you got to go in the room where love is. I, I studied love and studied love and studied love, and I kept flunking until I went spent time with love, and I came out walking in love. That's, that's the missing link I want to talk about this Sunday morning. Are you all ready for this? You all ready for me to pray? And be quiet. Father God, thank you that me and Tiffany had a good night tonight. I don't know about Shirley, but me and Tiffany did. No, Father God, I thank you this is a very serious time. This is, this is a big deal. Father God, Lisa and I, I know my wife as I know people in this room. We all have family members who used to walk with God. And I'm going to ask you, Father God, that tonight this church, these people in this church will begin praying for those people. Because nobody else is praying for them. And they probably think they're doing good. But I think after tonight we realize they may not be. If there's anybody in the room tonight not doing good, I, I thank you for them. No condemnation. But, but I've showed them how the word of God and prayer is the answer. It's not, it, we have a body. We have a flesh. And the world pulls on us. And we have to be aware that that's there not just in not be ignorant. I'll be ignorant of Satan's devices. I pray for everybody in the sound of my voice right now. Wherever they are in their walk with you, if they've cooled off, that they'll come back. It may not be as easy as they think. But they'll turn around and start making the decision to do the thing that they did when they first got saved and they were on fire for God. There may be some adjustments to be made. I give you glory and honor for that, Father. I thank you for the people in this room right now. I thank you for the ones listening by internet, too. And I give you thanks, sir, that in a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, we will not be those people that I was talking about, that somehow or another doesn't know what happened but got off track. And we give you praise and honor in Jesus' name. And everybody said, thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Darrell Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.